0: know this is my daughter, this is my son-in-law, everything good she does, you can contribute that to me, and everything else you can contribute to her mother. Oh. <laughs> and I've got seven hours to go back with that! <laughs> Amen. It's good to be with y'all tonight, I am proud of uh, my wife to start with. Uh, but I am proud of these kids. Y'all have yes. got great, great pastors. Um, they got a heart for the Lord. They love the Lord God. And that's what it takes in ministry. It takes loving the Lord first. If you, if you haven't got the father's love in you, then you might as well hang it up. You've got a long road, to but, uh, I am thankful to be with y'all tonight. We got to come down and see these babies and then see the babies, babies. And that was awesome. And I enjoyed that. Um, How many of you know we're family? We're family, right? So um, I'm going to ask you to do a favor. I want you to stand up with me. I don't know how Chris Aaron does everything, but I know what I want to do is I want the Lord God to be in this place tonight. Okay. We're getting ready. We're going to leave out after we preach tonight. We're going to run out and get in this Murano and truck it back to Tennessee. But while we're here, I want the Lord God to speak, okay? And I don't know how many of you have ever tried to teach or preach. Anybody? What happens is, is when people don't know one another, there's this thing happens. You know, it's just this, oh, who is that? I'll tell you who I am. I'm your brother. You are my sister. How many of you know Jesus? Then we're family. We serve the same God. We're saved by the same blood. We're saved through the same atonement. We are family. So, what I want you to do is everybody just shake it off. Shake it off. <coughs> we are family. Can we just be family? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Let's give God a hand clap to praise. We'll you can be <coughs> So, we're family now. We're kin. Right? We're kin. All right. So, I want to pray. How many of you know what a rhema word is? A rhema word. It's a live word. You know, the Bible says that the word is good and is profitable for correction and reproof and instruction and righteousness. It is an alive word. So it doesn't matter, really, if you're being instructed in the word, it's going to be good. But a rhema word is something that God speaks just to you for right now. You know, I heard Chris Aaron say something a few minutes ago, and it's funny. uh, I say the same thing when I'm at our home church. I want to be changed after I leave. I mean, when I come in here, I don't want to walk out the same way that I walked in. I want something to have changed. If not, we're, we're making a mistake. We're just wasting and spinning our wheels, right? right? So we want something new. We want something that changes us. And the only thing that's ever changed me, is David, right? Yes. Sir. The only thing that's ever changed me and for the better is Jesus Christ. Amen. The spirit of the living God has made me better. So you don't need a sermon. Mike, you don't need what I've sit down and put on a piece of paper. What y'all really need is for the spirit of God to do what he says he will do when a minister of God that's been called by God will yield his body, his mouth, his mind, his hands, and all of his actions. If I yield all of that to him, then he can use me like a mechanic uses a tool and touch you and give you a rhyme of word that touches you and changes you, makes you better, makes you more like him before we go home tonight. How many would like that to happen? Amen. I'd like that to happen too. So what I want <laughs> you to do, the Bible says that if any two people touches one thing, we can ask what we what we ask for we can have it if we ask it according to his will. Do you think it's his will that he changes us tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. So if you and I will agree together that God would give us a rhyme of word, I could preach one word and the Spirit of God could touch every one of you and change something inside you. Believe that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's do that. Let's ask him to give us a rhema word. Will you help me do that? Will we agree on that? Okay, let's pray. Father, God, we're thankful that you're in this house tonight. God, I'm thankful that I stand with a family that I've never seen in my physical eyes. But God, I know that they are family because they share in what you have done for us. Father God, tonight we're asking you, Lord Jesus, that you would bring us a rainbow word, something that's alive for us, something that we're not gathered here just wasting our time, God, but we have gathered together, Lord, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Lord, we're gathered together. Change us, exhort us, edify us, build us, educate us, and make us more like your Son. Change us, Lord, don't leave us like we are. Father God, I pray that you'd put your thoughts within my mind, your words within my mouth. God, preach through me. Spirit of the living God, have freedom in this place tonight. Speak, Lord, for your children are listening. And all God's children say, Amen. 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 First Kings chapter 17. I thought Chris Aaron was going to preach my message this morning. Sometimes I think, Uh, people think that pastors get together and they talk things out and they say, well, uh, we're going to do this and you bring this and then I'll bring this and then we'll get them on the track that I need them None of that stuff happens. Just wash that out of your brain. That stuff don't happen. But what does happen is the same God that he's preaching is the same God that I'm preaching. And when he said open to 1 Kings, I said, son, you preach my message. (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) And then you said 18 and I thought, I'm in seventeen. <laughs> How many of you believe that miracles are still available for us today? Amen. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, there is some awesomeness in God that we have be, not even begun to tap into. Sure. First Kings chapter seventeen. Look at verse number ten. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruse." And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast, uh, hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Look at verse number 12 again. And he said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. How many of you know she was staring death right in the face? There hadn't been any rain for three and three and a half years, somewhere about maybe two at this point, probably somewhere around two years no rain means no harvest, little bit of nothing left. And, bro, and she was looking deaf straight in the face because what she was getting ready to do was to go into her house and take the last little bit of meal and the last little bit of oil, and she was going to put those together, and she had gotten two sticks, and she was going to build a fire. She was going to make them a little cake. They were going to eat that, and then they were going to what? <clears throat> have you ever been in that kind of situation? Yeah. Um, oh, but I beg to differ. We've all been in that situation. Every one of us has, has looked death straight in the face. Because without Jesus Christ, our life is bound for hell. Amen. Without Jesus Christ, we have no life within us whatsoever. So here we are, when we are born, we're born into sin, and the Bible says no sin can enter in, and if no sin can enter in, then we're born into death, and without Jesus Christ, there is no life. So here we are, staring death in the face. That also correlates not only to just our salvation, but it correlates how many of you have looked into bad situations and sometimes we think that these situations are so big, they're so much bigger than I, that uh, if God don't intervene. Amen? Amen. 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 Y'all preach me up a little bit here. Now say amen. Amen. It's okay. (laughs) Sometimes we can look at, and they look so sur- overwhelming, so insurmountable, so big that it almost looks like if God don't get involved, yeah. I'm not going to make it. Yeah. I know there's situations that have happened in our life. And it, and it looks so big and so daunting that I thought, I'm going to die. But then I want you to notice what happened. Faith, look with me. In verse number 13. Here she is staring death in the face. And then Elijah said unto her, Fear not, and go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. January 4th, 1997, I was staring death in the face. Y'all have to forgive me if I can't do that. How he does that, I have no clue, but I have to walk, okay? But January 4th, 1997, I was staring death in the face. I got up one morning, I laid blocks for a living, and she kissed me, good morning and goodbye. I get in this little bitty car. Anybody ever seen a Dodge Colt? I needed a shoehorn to get in and two men to get me out. <laughs> so I got in this thing and I'm headed to work and it's raining. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to meet the crew and we're going to go lay some block. Mm-hmm. I come up this hill. The hill kind of goes up like this and down the other side. And I mean, just kind of peaks. Well, right over the peak, two 18 inch pine trees had laid all the way across the road. Ooh. So me and that Dodge coat, me and that sardine can, we had a meeting with two pine trees. A pine tree limb about this big come right through the windshield and as I, in my lost, facing death condition, amen, Amen. amen, I lean over and say, oh God, that Limb comes through the windshield, takes the headrest off and right out the back, flips the car upside down, and I'm on the passenger side, sliding, skirting down the road till the, it comes to a stop. I start checking body parts. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Wipe my brow and say, oh, thank you, Jesus, uh-huh. even though I didn't know him. So I crawl out, up through the window, and fall out on the asphalt, and they call the cops, and the cops show up, and they say, cop says to me, son, you should be dead. Mm -hmm. Now what I know is I've been in church and been raised in church. My mama hates it when I say this, but I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church every time the doors was open, so they say amen. (laughs) My mom never touched drugs, but she hates it when I say that, right? (laughs) But, I knew And some of you knew Before you ever met the man Amen. Mm-hmm. some of you may even know I don't know Me and Chris Aaron hasn't talked Me and Faith hasn't talked I don't know Somebody in this place I don't know May have not known the man yet I don't know I was upset and I was mad that I almost died. David and I went to church, found the local pastor, said, I want a meeting. I walked in. He sat on his side of the desk and I sat on mine, sir. And I said, I'm mad at God and I ain't pretending. And what this young man says to you all the time in this place, be authentic. Hey, how about just being authentic? Amen. Just being real. We don't need a facade. God already knows your heart anyway. And they can't nobody help one another if we're faking it till we make it? That's right. I can't help you unless you tell me, hey, I need some help. That's right. But you can't help me if I don't either. So it was good and refreshing to see this young man stand before you this morning and say, hey, I'm struggling. When that happens, pray for your pastor. Amen. So I sat there and told him I was mad. You know what he told me, Mark? I can't help you. Wow. Good thing he said the truth. He said, I can't help you. I said, am I in the wrong place? He said, but I know the one who can. Amen. He said, you know what you need to do? You need to come in the house of God. You need to sit under some preaching. Just sit there and listen to the Holy Ghost. So I knew enough about being lost and being a drug baby like I I was (laughs) that that headrest didn't come off because God was playing around. And sometimes these life and death situations that we're staring in the face, sometimes we need to come to a realization God's not playing around. That's right. There's some real situations in our life and we're thinking we're not going to make it and God's not playing. You know, God's created you to be somebody and he's created you to do something and he wants you to perform that by allowing him to work through you. But sometimes we won't let him work through us because we're so scared that God sometimes has to put a mountain in front of us so we can get our attention. Long story short, somebody say too late. Too late, too late. <laughs> January 5th, just about a month and a half later, I bowed the knee and called him Lord. I told him these exact words. You can't do no worse than I've done. The first part of my life, and y'all just have to pat, you know, pat, give me a pass on these words because here I was. I'd be down in front of a, an old-fashioned altar in front of a church, and I said, I done screwed my life up. And I said, you can't do no worse than what I've already done. So if you'll save me, take me, use me, change me, watch me, forgive me. From this day forward, what I say, you say. Where my feet goes, you tell me to go, and my feet will go there, my hands will do what you, my mouth will say what you want me to say because I can't do any worse than what I've already done, and you can't do no worse than what I've done. So the rest of my life is yours, and that's what you call lordship. Amen? Amen. Amen. So here's this lady. She's staring death in the face, and a man shows up and brings hope. How many of you know that Jesus is our hope? That's right. Jesus is our hope. And when we're staring death in the face, it doesn't matter whether you're staring salvation in the face or circumstances in your life that are bigger than you. The only thing that you need to know is J-E-S-U-S. And he can change some things in your life. Look what she heard this man of God say. Verse number 13. Elijah said unto her, fear not, don't be afraid, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after me uh, make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, and until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. She's staring death in the face. She's got a bigger than life situation and she ain't real sure she's going to make it. Then a man shows up and says, hey, I want you to make me something to eat. And if you'll make me something to eat, if you'll do something for me, then I'll make sure that everything you have won't fail. Y'all do get that. She had a little bit of milk. She had a little bit of oil and he asked her to give what she had. Amen. Come on. He asked her for what she had in her possession, and that if she would yield what she had, he would take what she had, and it would never run dry. Amen. Amen. When Jesus showed up in my life, he asked me for everything I had. Amen. Which wasn't, A whole lot, Mike. You know, this lady, she had a little bit of milk, a little bit of oil. She didn't have a whole lot. How many of us know sometimes we ain't got a lot to offer? But he ain't asking for a whole lot. It ain't about what you can bring to the table. It's about what he's laid in your hands and he wants it back. And he says, if you'll give it to him, He'll take it and he'll multiply it and some things will happen and you will be surprised. First thing that we had to realize is that she's looking at death. Second thing is this man shows up and says, if you'll give me what you have, then what you have will be enough to sustain you. You know what that was, son? That was Hope. Jesus is my hope. You know what I had when I got Jesus? Everything. I got everything. There's nothing in this world that he wants me to have that I can't have now. Y'all hear how I said that? There's nothing in this world that he wants me to have that I can't have now now that's not blab it and grab it and name it and claim it, that's not what I'm saying Mm -hmm. you can't go out and say God I want a Maserati by the end of the weekend that's not what that's saying Mm -hmm. what he's saying is is if I want you to have it there's nothing in this world that can supersede my desires for you he that delighteth himself in the Lord the Lord God will give him the what? desires of his heart why? because his heart is lined up with God's so he's She's staring death. This man shows up and brings her hope. Then she's got a decision she's got to make. Is he lying to me? Do I have faith? Do I believe him? Man, he said, if you'll give me, in verse 13, what you do have. Then in verse 14, he says, I'll take that and it'll never run dry until the Lord's reign comes on this earth. She had a choice to make. Does she believe him or not? She said she was fixing to go take the very last little bits that she had and she was gonna go make something for her and her son and then they were going to die. die. It's all she had. But this man with hope shows up. And says, give me what you got. What did I do? January 5th, 1997, I gave him what I. Do you know he's been filling me up ever since? (laughs) It's the good news, y'all. It's good news. But what had to happen is, is when he showed up and he gave instructions, said, give me what you have, then I had to decide whether I believed him or not. She had to decide, is this cat telling me the truth? Am I really going to make him a cat knowing my son's starving? Because what he said was pretty much crazy. Are y'all with me? Go ahead and make me something before you make your son something. Does that sound like something that a parent would want to do? No. That'd be a little difficult to perform. But she knew that everything that she was going to do for her son (coughs) was still going to result in Death. 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 And everything that you and I decide to do in this life, if it's on our own, minus Jesus Christ and him crucified, died, buried, quickened, raised, and seated. Hey, listen, if it's just our works, it's going to produce death. 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 But there's a promise. There's a hope. And it's in the pages of this book. My son preached on it this morning. It was good, son. I wasn't just saying that because you're my son. I, I was saying that's good stuff. You want to know what you've got? Find it in here. Believe it. Amen. Act on it. And watch God perform it. Amen. Why holds you between? To obey. A double-minded man is unstable in... So she had a choice to make. She could either believe what this man said and do what he said she could just say he's crazy he's talking out of his mind I'm going to make us something to eat and die Mm -hmm. who wants to choose death? Mm -hmm. not me I don't want to choose death and I don't want you to choose death Mm -hmm. so Jesus Christ says I've got a lot of promises for you but I want you to give me something and what he wants Everybody say, is me. That's what he wants. He wants you. And he wants all of you. He doesn't want part of you because a part of you makes you
1: Uh
0: double-minded. He wants all of you. So here she's looking death in the face. This man shows up. He brings her hope. And then she's decided, okay, I believe him. So she's got the ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. What's the ingredients of cake? The ladies, um, just for the men. <laughs> <laughs> How do I make a cake? Give me one ingredient. Eggs. Flour. Water. Water. Butter. Butter. Oil. Oil.
1: Oh. So wow, oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> we just made a cake. No, no, we didn't. We just had the ingredients. And she had the ingredients. But ingredients to have something, unless you put it together with a obedience, obedience, you still really only have Ingredient, ingredients. ingredients so we can have the flour and the salt and the butter and the eggs and all of that stuff and we could have them lined up right across here and set them all up and we've got all the ingredients is there a cake there? Yeah. the ingredients are there yeah. you've got faith in God you've got his word you've got his promises are y'all with me? ingredients but unless you take the ingredients and mix them together with obedience, you're never going to get a cake. It's good. So we can have all of that and we can have it in our possession. Everybody hold up your Bible real quick. You've got that. If you could, could you reach down in your heart and pull out some faith? Yes, I've got faith. You can open up that Bible and find promises and say, hey, Pastor Mike, I've got promises. But unless you put all that together with obedience, those that seek the Lord shall. Those that seek me early shall. Are you with me? So, what she did was take the ingredients that she had and she mixed that with obedience, and then she had something to offer. You can have a Bible, you can have faith, you can have promises in there that you could pull out. And you can have all those things in your hip pocket and go to work or go down to the grocery store or go wherever you want. And just having the ingredients don't mean that you have a cake to offer. You have to put it together. So, so what she did, she goes in, she puts this stuff together, and she comes back and she offers it. Now out of her obedience, I want you to see what happens. And we're about, we're about ready to finish up. Now, let me, let me stop and do one more thing. She takes all that ingredients. She puts it all together with obedience. She's going to do this for him. Even though she's had the faith in him, she still thinks it's a little crazy. But she takes all this obedience, she puts it together, puts it in a pan, and then she sets it in the oven. And the oven is where things heat up just a little bit. Right? Right? And the heat of that oven takes all the ingredients and all the obedience, and it transforms all of that into a... Pastor Mike, you don't know what I'm facing. You're right, I don't. It's fire. It's bigger than me. It's heavy, it's hot, and I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Take all the ingredients, mix them together with obedience and let the fire that's in your life make a cake mm-hmm. you know what happens when all of that happens and it, it comes out this nice beautiful kind of brown on the outside kind of cake first thing that she does is she brings me a little piece that says what do you think? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> i am a professional taste tester (laughs) what did she do sis she took everything that she had faith that when she took all the the ingredients and she put it in the fire and out of that obedience she knew she had faith that when that comes back out the fire she was going to have something to offer If she hadn't done that, would she have anything to offer? Do you know what Christians are supposed to do? Take all the ingredients, the word, the faith, the promises, the love. Take all that and put it together and walk in obedience to God's word. And let it make a cake that you have to offer Amen. Amen. Amen? Look at verse number 15 again. Here's the results. And she went and did. There's your obedience. She had faith. She went ahead, son. She went ahead and did it. Even though she might have thought it was crazy. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And we are to do according to thus saith the Lord God she and he and her house did eat just one meal what' does it say for many days. Many days. for many days so she had something that didn't just affect her but it affected not only her but her son somebody say family. family. Just think a minute. Just let that sink in. It not only affected her, but it affected her family. 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 And then it not only affected her and her family, but it also affected strangers. Everybody gets to eat. When we find ourselves in obedience, doing what God says, how He says with the ingredients that he provides, we're not the only people in this world that gets to receive the benefits. You know, Chris Aaron said it this morning. He said, uh, when you go, I just had a brain cramp. When you go and you do what you're going to do, somebody else other than you is going to receive a benefit from that. And that's what I'm talking about. We're going to not only eat from it, but mm-hmm. our family is going to eat from it. Listen, will mm-hmm. <coughs> give you a quick story. How am I doing on time? What time do you guys gonna get out of here? Take as long as you want. About 7.10. Mm-mm. That ain't happening tonight. No. I'm <laughs> if y'all say, well, I got to be done, anybody, I'll be I'll be done just. Who give me five minutes? Who give me five? You can have 50. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. 50 minutes right there. All right. Y'all know that the Bible says that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Amen. So that is a promise from God because God's will is being displayed right there. He's saying, I don't want anybody to die. That's God's will. I didn't want anybody to die. Right? Right. Yeah. And then he said, if we ask anything according to his will, we could have it. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want to get in deep theological, I've got a degree, I don't want to get into all of that stuff about uh, I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to keep right on moving. What I do know is God's not a liar. Amen. And he says that if I ask according to his will, I can have what I... Desire. Mm-hmm. My dad was the son of a preacher, one of nine. And my dad was a good, hardworking man. But he did not know Jesus. And all my life, I watched him work hard, two, three jobs, Seriously. Kind of cliche, but for dad, it was reality. Mm-hmm. He was gone when I got up. He was not home when I went to bed. I didn't know my dad until after I got out of the military. I really did not know who he was. Mm-hmm. When I answered to call to preach, my dad going to hell was something I did not like. But it was a reality. Somebody. Mm-hmm. It was a heel bigger than me. And I was facing death because of him. Personally, I wasn't going to die, but my dad was going to die. And I was his link to life. So I began to pray. I took that scripture that said, It's not God's will that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. You know what that included? My dad. Right? Amen. Your family. Your sons, your daughters, your husbands, your wives, those that you love, it includes them. And I knew that God was not a liar's son, so if I knew he meant that, and he said, if I ask anything according to his will, I could have it. Mm -hmm. And so I began to ask. And the devil would jump up in my ear. How many y'all know that he does that all the time? And he said, your dad's going to hell. I said, no, he's not. You know how I know? Because God's not a liar. And I believe my God, and I'm walking out obedience to His word, and I'm following His. I put all the ingredients together. Got my promises, got faith, got my dad. It's not going to happen. So I wasn't going to yield that. And my dad just kept saying no, saying no. So then dad got cancer. And devil said, I've got him now. I'm going to get him. And I said, you ain't getting him. And every time the devil would jump up in my ear, I would put like, throw what, what he said on the ground and I would do like that and I would pretend that I was grinding that thing up to powder. I said, devil, you are a liar. You're the father of lies and I ain't no. listening to you. Because my God's bigger than you. Greater is he that is in me, than he that is in the world. And you are the father of lies. And I don't believe you, but I believe him. Three or four days before my dad died, dad didn't want to talk to me about death. Didn't want to talk to me about life either. When I say life, I'm talking about Jesus. I was washing a sore on the back of his hand. He'd already been sent home for hospice. that Saturday night, the night before this actually happened, a preacher friend that my dad had befriended had come and was going to talk to him about accepting Jesus Christ as his Savior. And I'm laid up in my dad's living room with my face on the ground. And I'm begging God, you said, you said. And he walks out and he throws his head on my chest. The preacher did and he's crying. And he just, all he could say was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He walks out and he gets in his car and he leaves and it's pouring down outside. I was in a battle right then, you know what I'm saying? I was in a place that I was facing death and this man of hope had shown up and he said, if you'll believe me, if you'll believe me, so I walked outside and Mike, it was pouring down right now. I'm not talking about a trickle. I'm talking about a pour down. And I walked off the porch and I stared up to the heavens and I said, where's the fruit of your promise for me? Where's the fruit of your promise for me? I've took all the ingredients that you have given. I put them all into action and I have obeyed you and I have stood strong on your faith. Where is your fruit for me? Because my dad's dying. I went back in the house. And I went to bed. And I woke up the next morning. It was Sunday and he was close and he was in that place where lucidity, he was flowing in and out, right? Some days he was good, some days he wasn't so good. And he had cut himself on the back of his hand and I'm sitting at the edge of the bed. <clears throat> and I'm sitting there and I've got a rag in my hand and I'm washing his cut in the blood as I'm washing that off and taking care of him, the Spirit of God said, now. And I said, now? He don't wanna talk to me. And the Spirit of God said, now. How many of you know it's important to listen? When God says, it's time, it's time. Michael looked over at him and I said, Dad, when's the last time you tried to talk to the Lord? And he looked at me and he said, it's been a long time. My heart about jumped out of my chest because he don't talk to me about this. Mm -hmm. He says, it's been a long time. I said, dad, don't you think today's the day before you check out and go into eternity? The Bible says today's the day of salvation. Don't you think that before you check out, it'd be a real good time? And he looked at me and he said, yes, I do. I'm not out of it. I said, do you want to pray? And he said, yeah. Mike, I'm going backwards. I'm doing backflips. This big old fat preacher was doing backflips. And I said, do you want me to pray with you or do you want to pray? He said, "I want to say you say, and I'll I'll say what you say." I said, "Okay." And I I got doing the sinner's prayer, and I said, "Lord, forgive me for I'm a sinner." And He said, "Lord, forgive me for I'm a sinner." I went through the prayer, and when I got to the part that I says, "I make you Lord of my life," y'all do know that that's a portion of salvation, right? I mean, this is lordship, right? Amen. You can't just mumble some words. It's it's bearing all your heart. It's opening up and saying, "You are my king. What you say goes." It's lordship. And when I said that, he looked away from me. and wouldn't look at me. The Spirit of God spoke again. He spoke to me, and he said, "Tell him I don't care if he's got two days, two weeks, or two hours. I don't care what he's done. I want what you've got left." and I told my dad I said God said to me to tell you He doesn't care if you got two weeks two days or two hours it doesn't matter what you should have done that you didn't do or what you shouldn't have done and you did do he wants you to give him what you have left and if you'll give it he'll take it and he said I'll make you Lord of my life so you know where my dad's at right now I buried my dad two days later, but there's a day coming. Y'all hear me? There's a day coming. Obedience, ingredients, faith, and walking these things out. Say no play game. There's people's lives are on the line, and it's not just yours. It's your family. That's right. It's those that you meet at your job. It's those that you work with. It's those in the grocery store. It's people. If you look at somebody, God died for them. Who have you got that's waiting on you to be obedient? Who have you got? that's waiting on you to take all the ingredients that you have and mix them with obedience and faith and give them something that gives life. I took the ingredients, put them together, son, put it all through the fire and the whole thing and everything comes out a cake. If you could take the word of God, take your faith, take obedience... Take every promise out of there. Walk in, in holiness. Be holy for I am holy. Walk it out. You know what you'll have to present to somebody? Not just a cake. Eternal life. Salvation. The bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. The Bible says he's the manna come down from heaven. Amen. We want to give him a cake. Who you got to deliver the bread of heaven, too. Because you might be the one. See, all my life, I thought my dad didn't think much of me. Really did. Matter of fact, he even told me so a couple of times. But after he died, my mother told me, he said, since the day you got saved and started preaching the gospel, there was one preacher in this world that he had <coughs> respect for him. And he had respect for me. He grew up a preacher's son. He had a preacher for a brother. He had listened to him on TV. And here I thought, David, he didn't really care that much for me. But The whole time he was watching one person on this earth. He was watching me. So these people that you've got as family... That you think don't think much about you. They may just be watching just one person. They may be watching you. And you may be the key. Through obedience. Through your faith. To mix it all together. And walk as God says walk. To see somebody. Miss hell. And go to heaven. Amen. 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 What greater gift could we give than to give them life? Amen. Mm -hmm. Faith, if you could play something. I don't know if you can. Can you just turn that on right there? I have to turn this on. It's all right. It's all right. Just have your head bowed every eye closed tonight. Please. Please, nobody looking around.